0: welcome to the cannabis question a marijuana podcast broadcasting from pennsylvania to the world my name is scott and i'm your host while you dose and this is the daily sesh now you might be asking yourself well what is the daily sesh you say and that is a damn good question so while you are there getting a head full of weed I'll be here to give you an earful of weed knowledge. And today, we're going to talk about Terps. So on some of the products you may have bought, if you're in a legal state, if you're still just getting a uh, an unlabeled bag, you may have never seen this, they will have uh, labs on the back of the products. And on one side, they'll often talk about all of the uh, letters and vowels, your THC, CBDA, all those little acronyms. And then on the other side, they'll have something that says, a terpene analysis or a terpene profile. And today, we're going to sit down like a parent to a child. You know, I think you're old enough, and I really want you to make the right choices. It's time we had a little talk about terpenes. You know, that way, maybe you can avoid making the same mistakes that I've made, like having you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Got a little too real there. But at the end of the day, what we're wondering is, What are terpenes? You know, what does it mean to have this lab on the back? Should we pay attention to it? Is it even worth knowing about? And it's not too hard to understand, thankfully. So the terpene analysis, the labs on the back of your products, very similar to nutritional facts, if you think about it. So you may have things like carbs and sugars and fats and protein. And on the back of this, they're going to be describing similar components. You know, like what's in my weed? How do I know one strain to another? You know, what makes each recipe unique? From a basic scientific level, terpenes, they're just a fancy name for essential oils. You know, anybody who's ever used perfume uh, generally has ingested or absorbed in terpenes. That's exactly how we know what the world smells like. And so we call them terps all the time. And when you open a fresh bag of some sticky, when you uh, open up a great container of some wax or some concentrates, a lot of the times, the first thing that hits you is this great smell. It's almost like it's been building up inside the bag, right? And in a lot of ways, that's true. You know, you first open it, it's all smelly, and after a while, it stops producing as much of a smell. And that's because terpenes, they're volatile, and, and that means they're weak in a way. They, uh, they move around easily, they break apart easily, they are unstable, like a teenage relationship. And as a result of being so unstable, you know, you flick it, you smell it, you heat it up a little bit, it breaks up right away. You know, it goes right off of the marijuana, right off of whatever smells, and right into your nasal cavity, right into your olfactory center. And then you'll perceive it as a smell. So a lot of times we might think, well, I have this plant in front of me. Certain strains have different smells. A lot of the times you run into folks who have been into this game for years and years and they start to get almost to like a, how a wine sommelier is, if you ever heard of that. Like real snobby wine heads will get to this point. Craft beer people get to this point. It isn't to say they're snobs, but sometimes it comes across a little little privileged where somebody's just talking in these different context of, oh, it smells like tennis balls. Oh, it smells so earthy and sweet. And to me, you know, beer smells like beer. I'm, I'm not a big hops fan per se, but you can throw like 10 different strains in front of me. And I can't wait to tell you all the dumb thoughts I have about what it smells like and what it reminds me of. You know, it's dank. It's, it's like a basement, you know, oh, it smells like dead people. oh It smells like aerosol. There's a billion ways, like a gas rag that we, uh, that we like to describe how we perceive flavor. So I challenge you this way. Uh, You know, if you've been into it a little bit or into a lot, find somebody. You may or may not know somebody else who does not consume marijuana, but try your hardest. Find somebody who who doesn't use cannabis and ask them, you know, find a strain you love and then present it to them. Have them smell it. See if you pick up the same stuff because I can guarantee to you the terpenes that you smell versus them are often going to be similar, right? You know, if I eat the same food as you, we probably agree if it was salty or not. But the little minutia, the tiny increments of smell, wildly different. Especially if you are talking to somebody who doesn't consume cannabis, where they're kind of taking it on with fresh senses. It's the exact way I feel when I go to like a, a hoppy bar, you know, full of IPAs. And people are like, oh, try this 60 minute, try this 90 minute, try trogues, anything. And, uh, and it's so offensive on my palate. You know, I can't take that flowery, weird beer smell. So a lot of the times I pick up on things that they're like, oh, I don't even taste that anymore. You know, I've had so much beer in life, you know, all these other primary flavors they got so used to. where now they're kind of tasting these little corner flavors, these things that are hard to pick up. And in marijuana, it feels the same. You know, a lot of times I'm using strains day in and day out, maybe for a week at a time, and I get really used to it. So I start to pick out all these really small pronounced uh, or like lowly pronounced feelings and thoughts and flavors that I really wasn't aware of. So it can be helpful to sort of A and B it with somebody else who's going to sort of act like the control in the experiment. That way you can see maybe I'm just smelling different things in everybody. And that could mean a couple things, you know. If terpenes are this this kind of light molecule, right? They're volatile as I mentioned. So sometimes just shaking it, right? You grind it up in a grinder and it smells a lot more. And those smells are, you know, actual chemicals moving from the marijuana itself and the weed all the way up into your nose. Just like when somebody farts, there is literal chemicals moving from their ass into your face. And it's something that of course we don't want to bask in depending on the smell, but it's worth knowing that like this is a passage of molecules. As those molecules move, we gotta think about things like heat. We gotta think about things like the derivation of them, you know, is it in a liquid? Is it in an aerosol? To understand exactly how the smell is arriving to us. Sometimes I feel like I can smell stuff from across the room. Sometimes I feel like I'm completely unaware of its smell until it's right almost in my nasal passages, right on the hair. Thinking about some of those things are going to help us understand why some strains might smell more than other ones, depending on whether or not we stored them properly or how old they are or if we've been constantly opening and closing it. If I leave it in a car, right, it skunks your beer. It's bound to skunk your weed. Uh, So these are things we should always think about, you know, physical science. It's an ever-present thing, things degrade as they die, they rot just like an old compost pile, and they become ever more like fertilizer. So these terps, they're sitting pretty close to the cannabinoids, you know, your THC, your CBD, and and it's the sisters and brothers of those entities. Terpenes and cannabinoids are produced together in the same kind of vessel, what they call a trichome. It looks like a weird, clear kind of mushroom-looking thing you may or may not have heard of. Don't worry too much about combs. We'll talk about them later. The trichome, of course, is sort of the uh, oil production facility on the plant gland itself. And inside of that little trichome mushroom head, we have oil, almost solid oil wall-to-wall. Some of it is your THC, CBD, CBN, whatever you want to call it, and the rest of it is terpenes. And those terpenes are a much lighter chemical. You know, THC is a bigger molecule compared to terpenes. So it doesn't release as easily. You know, if it's so heavy, like a bowling ball, it's harder to pick up than a tennis ball. So if you think about it, terpenes are like this tennis ball. They bounce around real easy. They're highly reactive. They go anywhere they want to kind of once they release. But the one big thing about terps, right? Because we know they smell. uh, We know that they're in the food industry as well. They're in bubble gum. They're in perfumes. But what does it matter to us exactly? Like, great. So we know that they're called terps. Well, the real interesting part about terpenes is they interact with the human body. In actuality, they're probably more responsible for the way a strain makes you feel than the THC. Now, again, I know that sounds crazy, but follow me down this hole. You have in the alcohol world, your vodkas, right? Neutral spirits is often what they call them because they take on the flavor and smell of generally whatever you put with it. And then you have things like uh, like high-end wines that are super old and whiskeys and scotches that have been aged for years and years and they're all brownish colored and you know they've shifted a lot of their flavors where oh the smell has so much more going on than on a vodka and so then we start to think like why do I have a preference between the two? Is it because I can use vodka differently or is it because I prefer flavor when there is none as another option? You know, do I want something bland or do I want something flavorful? You know, think of your favorite food. Would it be your favorite if I removed all of the flavor? All of the smell or, you know, the old classic pinch your nose while you're trying to do something and it doesn't, you can only taste like salty and sweet and bitter kind of thing. You know, those thought experiments are worth it because if you leave your weed out too long, it's going to start losing that smell like an old dying flower. You know, you press a flower long enough and dry it out. It stops smelling like anything after a while because all of that volatile chemicals have off-gassed and now you're left with a much more stable item. Now in our bodies, of course, the fresher the cannabis, the more of these chemicals are available. And when they release and they interact with our bodies, they're going to create a host of different effects. I would dare say an unpredictable amount of effects, not in like a scary way, like walking out in a snowstorm without a shirt on unpredictable. I mean, like it's hard to tell exactly what you're going to feel because you could be happy right now. You could be tired later. You could be hungry after that. And so if I start pumping smells at you and getting them intimately into your body, Depending on where you are, it might move you back to the left. It might move you to the right. It might move you up or down. It's really going to be dependent on where you were at first. A lot of the times, if you take somebody's favorite dinner food and present it to them at breakfast, they're kind of like, ah, I can't really stomach that right now. Even the smell kind of makes them feel nauseous. You know, if they're not ready for that kind of food and you wonder, what do you mean? It's just a smell. How could you have this reaction like feeling nauseated or uh, how could you feel tired or happy just from a smell? But it's, it's a constant. Think about it, you know, you ever use pine saw? You ever feel tired when you're using pine saw? There's a reason for that. You know, they put terpenes in pine saw. Notably, if it's lemon pine saw, there's probably limonene, easily named for its derivation from like a lemon citrus kind of flavor. And then we have pinene, similarly named because it is found almost everywhere in nature. I mean, it's one of the most voluminous terpenes. Uh, naturally occurring in the world. However, it smells like pine, you know, pine needles. Think of like being outside with trees. You get this great bronchodilating kind of feeling. You can breathe easy and you, oh man, it smells so good out here. That's the exact reason we bottle those smells. We do it to try to play with the same sort of math that nature has provided. Then we utilize, you know, if I'm going to breathe a little easier, I'll take more pinine If I want my head to stay focused, I'll use limonene. Just as some good examples of exactly how this corner of science developed and has been very useful, extremely useful, dare I say, for being able to help people attract each other, keeping your clothes clean, flavoring our foods, you know, making the world a little more pleasant than just whatever comes out of it. And it was utilizing the same overall approach that marijuana already has naturally involved with its process, which is... Using terpenes, understanding what the flavors are, and then being able to at least see where it's going. You know, if you told me here's a cake and it has uh, two hundred grams of sugar in it, you know, I might think, well, I guess that's a lot of sugar. You know, it's more than twenty grams, and sometimes twenty grams sounds like it's a lot. But if, you know, as an individual, I might not really understand what how sweet that's going to be. And in the same way, if I pick up, you know, here I have a phenomenal concentrate, a live butter from Cresco, and it shows on the back, you know, a caryophylline, beta caryophylline content of 0.932%, you know, just under a whole percent. Now, somebody were to come up to me and say, so if it has a 0.9% of beta caryophylline if that's how you pronounce it, what am I supposed to feel? That's kind of like somebody saying, hey, man, if I eat this mac and cheese, am I going to be hungry after that? Or how do you think I'm going to feel? It's real tough to say just based on, you know, a two factor system. Plus there's another like 40 or 60 terpenes, depending on how much you've paid for your analysis or how thoroughly they analyze the product that are all part of that. You know, once you start removing things, it does start to remove things. It's kind of silly to say, but it's true. Adding and subtracting does actually change the outcome of a situation. So every once in a while, when you see something's been terpene enhanced, Then you know now, well, it's probably got more flavor to it, right? They might have added more smells to it. Although that might also be dangerous, right? Let's say you love that same mac and cheese dish or something and I start adding stuff to it. Well, if you just like how it was to start, I might actually start flavoring it away from your preference. You might start getting the inclusion of other things that you didn't want necessarily from that specific dish. So then we have sort of this balance, right? Because some products are just going to come out as they are. It's this one plant. It's its personality. It's sort of like, you know, painting. It's like, that's the art that it provided. We just got to judge it for what it is. And then sometimes they're going to jam it into a big old machine. They're going to change some of the ratios between cannabinoids and terpenes. They're going to try to make a new recipe. And of course, we all love new recipes. I mean, food's always evolving. So we're always into trying a new flavor, a new combination of flavors even. But it's not to say that when you name that flavor based on the, uh, the donor plant, the original recipe, you're going to change it. You got to call it the new recipe. It is definitely not the same thing I'm used to. And there's things you'll see in strain names, like there's pre-98 Bubba Kush, and then there's Bubba Kush on its own. There's Sour Diesel. There's East Coast Sour Diesel. And genetically, I guarantee you somebody got a Sour Diesel seed from Cali and came over to the East Coast and started growing it. But there's not a whole lot of similarity between the conditions in California and the conditions on the East Coast of trying to grow this specific strain. Now, I'm sure it was grown more than just California, but when you see that kind of variation in the situation it's being grown in, you can infer, yeah, there's probably a difference in the outcome of that product. It's not a bad thing. It's something we kind of want to welcome. You know, variety is a strength in marijuana. It usually helps be able to give us a much better sense of exactly what's possible because we can constantly create new recipes. Just like a good restaurant, we can have a new special. The chef can figure it out. You know, the guy in the grow room, he can put two crosses together and make something might even be greater than the sum of its parts. You know, we want that sort of experimentation. Although still, you know, when you find a strain you love, and I feel this way all the time, it does suck to see it kind of change a little bit into something that maybe wasn't as preferable or didn't kind of hit right where you wanted it to. And I'm sure every parent goes through this, right? When you have a kid and maybe you wanted him to be... Uh, a baseball player, and he ends up doing ballet, or or the opposite. Um, and you know, you had this sort of expectation that started to make you feel like you know the path of success is a little more narrow than it was when you started. You know, you want something to really thread exactly just so. And I can't blame you for that. I mean, we all have our favorites and our preferences and how we want a day to go. But as opposed to locking in too much, especially as you start to notice on your products, if you're able to the difference in terpene profiles from batch to batch, you know, there's no way that growing in August is the same as growing in February. And as a result, the plant's going to change a little bit of its behaviors. It might pronounce different attributes. And one of those attributes will definitely be the terpene profile as the smell changes, as there's different amounts of sunlight and soil, it's all going to affect which smell comes out on top. And depending on which smell it is, it might change, which effect comes out on top might change why I start to go towards that strain as it starts to kind of mutate and evolve through the process of human interaction and environmental interaction. So keep it in mind, you know, as you move forward, thinking about why and what you like, and you start running into some deviations from what you're used to. I've had people tell me straight up, you know, there's no way that this is purple haze. Sure, it's purple. Sure, it feels like a haze strain, but I know what purple haze is because I used to grow it, or I used to intimately be involved with something with it, and, you know, we create this idea in our head, like exactly what the movie's supposed to look like. I know exactly how that song sounds, and that is not the original. And you're absolutely right. Whenever you say that, you're absolutely right, because you can't go back in time and cherry pick some random execution of a plant's genetics and make it match to today. Everything changes. My cells are different today from yesterday. Hopefully, I've learned something that will make me grow between yesterday and today into a much better vessel. And we want the plant to do the same thing. The evolution of the plant, just like the evolution of people, it's just kind of nice that it will keep pace with us. And hopefully, over time, provide a heck of a lot more new experiences and things to look forward to. Things we don't even know about coming up that we can uh, continue to be excited about. Instead of just resting on the same old things and terpenes, terps. It's gonna be one of the best things to keep in mind as you see these changes. Sure, the potency will change. You know, some alcohols are 40%, some alcohols are 50%. But if you like the taste of the drink, you're more likely to finish it. You know, it's rare that your favorite just smells like the thing you hate. Oftentimes, if I put a smell up your nose that you hate, your mood changes immediately. So it's always worth remembering that as much as the THC percent matters, As much as the string name matters and the style of execution, if it's in flower or if it's in a concentrate or if it's an RSO or an edible, well, every time it grows, it changes a little bit of the character of the experience. Something to keep in mind while you sesh today. And uh, moving forward, uh, thank you for joining me on today, the first daily sesh of the Canvas Question. Uh, We'll be tackling a lot of the details about how the current world of marijuana looks and how we can make sense of it. So thanks for joining me today. Hope you enjoyed your sesh and I'll talk to you next time. Remember to stay healthy and medicated. Have a good one.